You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Tuesday at the recording of this podcast. And, uh, you know, obviously Mississippi State coming up this weekend and knowing how important this stretch is in the final four games, we've been talking about it pretty much the whole time. But one thing that I think gets brought up or, uh, you know, questioned more to me about Razorback football this year is how did Arkansas have that tremendous start, that 4-0 start, only to go 1-3 in their next four games, and one of those wins only being against UAPB? Like, what changed? What happened? And it's funny because part of me just wants to say, well, look at who they played, (laughs) and you'll see the differences. But I kind of get where you're coming from, at least, because even in the games that Arkansas played won, obviously, they look good doing it. Like, they look good against Rice. They didn't do look good in the first half, but then they got it going in the second half against Rice. Against Texas, pretty much from beginning to end, they looked good, and they got it done. Uh, Georgia Southern, kind of the same thing. And against A&M, you looked dominant in the first half, and then when K.J. Jefferson got hurt, it was, it was a tough go, but you still did a good job. Like, you still were there. And... You just looked like a team that was on a roll and was a steamroll that was really not going to be stopped by many in the SEC. Then you ran into Georgia and you got punked straight up. Ole Miss, you lose in that way. Auburn, you know, we know how it goes. But so many of you have asked, why did that happen (laughs) in the first four games of the year and what changed in the next four games? Well, I think a few things at least have stood out to me specifically. One is that when you're starting the season, you usually start the season pretty healthy, usually healthier than what you're doing throughout the rest of the season. Like for instance, you had Jalen Catalan essentially in the first four games. Now he wasn't perfect. You could tell that, you know, he wasn't as effective or at least not being as effective as he was in previous years, but he was still Jalen Catalan. He was still incredible. So you had one of your best players, one of your captains, out there on the field every single game in the secondary. Like, I don't care what anybody says. That's an impact. People and other teams have to plan around that, and missing out on that was was a big deal. Also, I feel like in the beginning of the year, not only did you face some teams that were a little more beatable, but you also were really focused more so on establishing the run. And I think a lot of that had to do with K.J. Jefferson, and not that you didn't have faith in him, but in the fact that you felt that it was best just to, you know, have him pass when he needed to pass and then run the ball a lot more with these young running backs that you have, uh, especially in the early going, because you knew how successful you could be in it. And here's here's the examples that I want to put out there. Like, in the first game, K.J. threw it 21 times against Rice. He threw it 19 times against Texas. He threw it 23 times against Georgia Southern. threw it 15 times against A&M, which again, I know he got hurt in A&M, but he played uh, pretty much the entire, or at least one half. And then against Georgia, nobody did anything. But then against Ole Miss, here's where it gets crazy. 35 attempts. Auburn had 35 attempts. And UAPB only threw 17. So in those two games specifically, you had 
K.J. Jefferson throwing a lot more. Against Ole Miss, he performed greatly. But I felt like the running attack with Rocket Sanders, who had over 140 yards in that game, and even K.J. with his legs too, like they didn't, they didn't have a, really an answer for your rushing attack. I get you wanted to keep them off balance, and passing the ball obviously was fairly effective, but the quick scoring, the, the big plays and all of that, I felt like you didn't establish the run enough. And against Auburn, you know, that was another game where I get that it's about matchups and I get that Auburn has a really good uh, defensive front and all of that. But it's just, man, it was tough when KJ is your leading rusher in that game with 18 carries. Uh, you know, Rocket Smith and, and Traylon, uh, Rocket Sanders and Traylon Smith had uh, a good amount of carries too. But Dominic Johnson comes in at six carries for 42 yards and that was it. So I'm... I'm, again, I'm not talking about just the exact carries themselves because I'm just talking about the effectiveness of the rushing attack. Like, that's what got you those wins against Texas and against Texas A&M was being able to establish the run effectively and play solid defense. I think that that's another factor you got to throw in there. But in the past two SEC games, Arkansas has run the ball effectively against or has been able to run the ball effectively against Ole Miss but maybe pass too much and then against Auburn they didn't have any effectiveness of running the ball and that's why the scoring wasn't as high as what it was plus added to the fact that the defense was less than stellar that's a bad recipe for a Razorback football team so I feel like that was one of the biggest things in the beginning of the four game stretch where you were winning every game you established that you 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 imposed your will on teams you were very physical up front, whether offensively or defensively, and that's been the difference. Now, in this final four-game stretch, you might be able to get back to that. You might be able to do it because you got guys getting back that are healthy. You had a chance to kind of have at least, and nothing against UAPB, but you had essentially two bye weeks uh, to get ready and to get healthy for this November stretch. This is exactly what a team like Arkansas needed. They needed this stretch to get everybody back on board, refreshed, re-energized, and be able to hit the ground running at home against Mississippi State on Saturday. Like That's why I am so much putting pressure on Arkansas to win this game. Because you are just as good, if not better, than Mississippi State. Facts, like you are. And you've had two weeks to prepare, essentially, for Mississippi State. And it's at home. It's at 3 p.m. You need to win this game. And you need to have the last four games of the season mirror the first four games of the season. Not saying you got to go 4 0 because I know it's a little tougher this time. But you got to play more effectively. You got to play better. You got to play smarter. You got to limit those penalties, stop with the bad turnovers, and get the job done. And this Mississippi State team is going to be a great example and a great opportunity for you to actually get that done. Let me tell you about Prize Picks. It's the leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more football props than anyone in the world, and also all the star players of the Power Five as well as the mid majors. And the best thing about it is that for those of you who love the daily fantasy in college, if you go to their website right now, or if you can go to their app, which this is what I would do, go to their app or the Google or the app on the App Store, or the Google Play. If you go check it out, you can use promo code Locked On. You get 100% instant deposit match up to $100 by using it. It, they can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, and it's also safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or use promo code Locked On and go to your app store and download the app today. It's Prize Picks, the daily fantasy made easy. 
Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, so Sam Pittman had a chance to meet with the media uh, the other day just uh, to talk more about their bye week and what they accomplished and heading towards Mississippi State. And a few things really stood out to me and some of the stuff he says. And again, I wish I could use the audio, but I'm having some technical difficulties. It just happens that way sometimes. But either way, uh, some interesting things were said by Sam Pittman. Uh, and here's just some updates to give uh, pass along to you. He said that the team had really good practice on Sunday, uh, but they weren't quite on offensively. Says the effort was there, but they didn't execute very well. And uh, they wanted to check it out on Sunday because this week, the Tuesday practices mandatory day off for elections, which I forgot all about that, that they get the Tuesday off. So uh, so there, there's that's that thing that they had to do on Sunday instead of doing on Tuesday to try to make up for it as well. Uh, also, Dalton Wagner, who had finger surgery, is expected to play back on Saturday, which I think Ty Clary's done fine. But let's be honest, Dalton Wagner... Uh, he's a starter for a reason, and he's a better player for a reason. So getting him back is going to be big time, especially because Mississippi State has done such a good job at slowing teams down who are running the ball. Like they have, they're only giving up like, I think it's like 70 yards a game rushing per like per game. Uh, that's that's pretty good. Like under 100 yards is pretty good. So uh, that's that's going to be key to have all the offensive line back and uh, be able to establish the run as we talked about as well. Uh, he also said that uh, Kentucky tried last Saturday tried a lot of similar concepts Arkansas used last year against Mississippi State because I guess they felt like that was the key ingredient that was the way to sl- slow them down and that may be why uh, Mississippi State tried to run the ball a lot more against Kentucky than what they had in previous games because they felt like they could be a little more effective and kind of throw off the game plan there as well so that'll be interesting to see if Mississippi State keeps to trying to do that against Arkansas and try to go more against in the run instead of worrying about passing it as much as they have in previous games as well. Uh, let's see. He also said that um, when he looks at last year's win against Mississippi State and Starkville, he said the memories are seeing the faces of the players and their excitement in the locker room afterwards, <laughs> probably because they hadn't won a game in so long, at least in an SEC game. So uh, that's nice to have. And nice to see, I'm sure, for a change. So, yeah, that's pretty big time. Uh, Let's see. Pittman said that Nickelback Greg Brooks has been a man about in reference to not starting against UAPB. He had had – he'd been basically been a starter the entire time, but was not a starter against UAPB because he's got to get better. Um, But I'm glad to see that he was taking it pretty well. Uh, Let's say he made another plea for the crowd to show up and help the Saturday afternoon crowd. I think there will be. You know, someone asked me this too. It's like, what do you think the crowd's going to be? Well, if I'm checking the weather right now, and again, it's since it's in Fayetteville and it's at 3 p.m. and it's on a Saturday, uh, let's see, it's going to be a high, it's going to be sunny for one, and it's going to be a high of 61. So that's a pretty solid, like, winter, not a winter, fall day, roughly, especially at 3 p.m. Now it'll get cold at night, so everyone will have to make sure they're ready for that, but I'd say it's a pretty good pretty good time right there for 61 degrees and sunny i'll enjoy that so i think the crowd's really going to show up a lot more Pittman reiterated running back dominic johnson needs more carries he's a guy running over people and makes people miss yes thank you that's what a lot of us have been saying hey dominic johnson's awesome he's big he's fast he's physical he's been hitting the hole hard he's done a good job at blocking so i'm glad to see him getting more carries you had a lot of good running backs on this team like you really do hopefully they find more ways to get him involved uh, he also said Traylon Burks had a little issue that we worked on last week. Later, in Canada, it was a reference to the foot injury that bothered him during the preseason. 
Pittman said uh, that he expects Burks to play against Mississippi State, but he did not practice last week. Yeah, I think Traylon Burks is kind of a big deal to have him play in this game. Um, I don't know uh, exactly the extent of his injury, but man, you talk about he's just a gamer. He's the best overall player since Darren McFadden at Arkansas. I, I don't think anybody can argue that. Like, he is going to be a bona fide first round pick, maybe even top 15. He's got it all. There's not a weakness to his game. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him play in this game. He's going to be very important there as well. Uh, but Pittman also said, and this is what we were just talking about in the previous season, their previous segment. He says, the next few weeks are big because of how the season started with the undefeated month of September and a high ranking. He indicated he doesn't want to squander that type of start. We need to finish the season as well as we can, and I think we will. That's what it's about. It's about finishing the season strong. It's about getting it done and making it work in the month of November because that is where the most important time of year is for college football, getting it done in the month of November. Hopefully this bye week, hopefully the rest, hopefully the you know, focus, and hopefully against Mississippi State, you can get that back on the right track. Back and better than ever, a new web interface for the start of basketball season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. You know what I'm talking about. You know I'm talking about betonline.ag. It remains your number one spot for basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated mobile device, mobile website and device to sign up today and you receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, and baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, whatever it is, right down to your Vegas casino, favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. With BetOnline, it is the easiest and fastest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So check it out at BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Okay, the final segment, I got to bring up this story. This is wild. Uh, For those of you who are on social media, you probably saw something about this. And anytime I can take little jabs at Texas, it's always going to be uh, a lot more fun that way. And I know you'll enjoy it as well. But there was this viral thing that started last night on Twitter about a Texas, the Texas special teams coach. And some of the stuff that's been going on uh, outs off the field, not on the field, but off the field, as if Texas doesn't have enough problems as it is. So I'm just going to go through the highlights in the story, and hopefully you can follow along and try to make sense out of this thing, because it is wild. So on Monday, a tweet from Thomas Campbell claimed a credible source said that a monkey belonging to Texas Longhorn special teams coach Jeff Banks attacked and injured a young trick-or-treater on Halloween. According to USA Today, Campbell is the Texas is a Texas sports photographer and once a stringer for USA Today. So this guy's actually got some media experience, at least. Now, this made everybody really curious about the information. And now and then after that, it became rumored that Banks is in a relationship with the monkey's owner. So it's not his monkey. It's a monkey that is owned by Danielle Thomas, who happens to be a former stripper whose stage name was Pole Assassin. The monkey named Gia was apparently part of her pole act. This is a real story, folks. So then Campbell, in his second tweet, added an image that showed the social media post by Danielle inviting neighbors, parents, and children to attend their haunted house at her home. It's unclear how the internet linked Banks and the ex-performer, but the football coach has not addressed the viral story, and neither has the school. 
However, Danielle began responding to the viral story. While she denied the severity of the attack, seemingly confirmed that the child was bitten by her monkey, but then she deleted her Twitter account altogether. In a series of tweets, Danielle defended her, quote, emotional support monkey, claiming that the 11 and 12-year-old child should know better than to enter into someone's yard without permission. She said and tweeted out that that 12-year-old child should know better to enter someone's name without permission and old enough to also follow the rules. The rules were when you get to the gate, turn around and come back for the candies like every other parent and child did so. And... (laughs) Of course, PFT commenter got involved in it. Like he says, I don't want to believe it. Is your monkey and the child okay? She says, no one was viciously attacked. This is a lie, a whole lie. She was not a part of any haunted house. The kid did not have permission to be on the other side of my property. So she's basically saying that, yes, the the, the monkey did attack a child. It did bite a child. But it's not as bad as what people are making it out. It's not a vicious attack. It was just a little bite is all it was. (laughs) Now, Banks apparently uploaded a video to social media that showed her giving a tour of her backyard. And I watched this video. And she's going back and she said, like, going back to the sign where the monkey said, it said in her home, the monkey's home above the fence. And then it read, do not enter. Emotional support animals, no touching. And then she says, I don't even play when it comes to my animals. And I know all the legal rules on them. How could she viciously bite someone if they don't stick their hand in there where it don't belong? She claims she has yet to be contacted by a parent. So just to, just to recap, uh, the Texas special teams coach, <laughs> Jeff Banks, has a girlfriend that, he, that he's with right now. He left his wife and kids, by the way. And is dating a former stripper named Pole Assassin, where she has a pet emotional support monkey that while they were having kids over trick-or-treating on Halloween, that monkey bit a 12-year-old while trick-or-treating. And she is coming to the defense of the monkey and of herself, saying that, it happened, but it wasn't vicious. It was just a little nibble. And the kids, it's the kid's fault because the kid shouldn't have been back there and the kid shouldn't have put the hand into the fence of that monkey. I don't know what's going to happen from this. I don't know if I need to blame anybody. I don't know who I need to make fun of because there's so many people to take shots at. But if this doesn't just scream the SEC, I don't know what does. I know Texas is going to be joining the conference here in a few years, but welcome to the party, pal. This is a great way to start your tenure with the SEC because this might be one of the most SEC things of all time. And it's just funny because it happens to happen to Texas, who is already having a rough go of it this season. And you wanted to add into the mix of a pole dance or a, a, a dancer named Pole Assassin with a pet monkey? Like, I, this is just too good to be true. One of the best stories of college football already. Can't wait for the 30 for 30 to come out about it. It's just, this is just awesome. My favorite story of all time. I'm hoping that more comes out from it. I'm hoping we get more details. And I'm hoping Texas responds to this because this is just too, too, too good to be true. 
Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNavers for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 